Okay, we're going to begin. Uh, this story is called A Boat on the Road. It's from 1975. It's taken from It's a Rum Life, Book 3, Ivy House Tales, 1970 to 1984. Back in the 1970s, we loved boating and had storage space in the large maltings at home in New Bolingbroke to keep belongings for other people. Things like boats in the winter, coaches that weren't used out of season and boat trailers in the summer. Our haulage business had been in operation for a couple of years but as had yet as as yet had not begun to make great demands on our space at home. This story from about 1975 is about one of these boat trailers. A fellow member of the Boston Motor Yacht Club, that's a grand title for a club for enthusiasts with all kinds of motorboats of all shapes and sizes, some were even posh too. He needed to get his boat home to Alford at the end of one particular boating season. As moving boats had been a particular talent of mine at one time, he persuaded me to move it. The only trailer we had available was far from ideal, as boats are peculiar, precarious things out of water. They vary greatly in shape and underwater design, and need propping up and holding steady and things like that. This trailer was large enough and strong enough, but its boat supports were all in the wrong places for this boat. I had given the matter considerable thought. The boat to move was only very light as boats go, a plastic cruiser. Lengthwise it was shorter than the trailer and about the same width. I had provided plenty of motor tyres and large wooden chocks to prop the boat, together with ratchet straps to hold the whole thing together. To tow it, I only had my car, and the only previous boat it had towed was our Merlin rocket dinghy on a trip to Helensbury in Scotland and back. My four-wheel pride and joy at that time in fact, was a lovely 1962 bright red Mark II Jaguar. This was certainly powerful enough and boss of a job, except it was not designed to tow large boats. The boat owner was a local dentist and very persuasive. All things considered, Alford was not far to go, despite being in the hills about 25 miles north of Boston. Down at the dock in Boston, the boat owners had clubbed together to use one of the dock cranes to lift several boats all on the same day. The dentist's boat was lowered onto the trailer and comfortably cradled with four layers of motor tyres. These were helped with copious lengths of rope and ratchet straps. After checks and more checks, we began our journey without the least knowledge of the mind-blowing events about to overtake us. All went well for 99% of the journey. We carefully negotiated uphill and downhill, sharp bends and narrow streets, until arriving at the long, steep downhill slope above Alford Town itself. The descent began slowly and orderly, with me and the boat in the lead and the dentist owner following behind, watching the load. 
our pre-arranged signal for an emergency was one toot of his horn. Halfway down the hill, and within just one mile of our destination, I heard a toot. Not just one toot, but two or three. We never did find out who it was, but the effect was catastrophic. I pressed the brake pedal, and in an instant gravity took over. The car and trailer slowed, but the boat and its contents, engine, cabin fittings, food, crockery, etc., carried on down the hill. My pride and joy was in the way, and the bow of the motor cruiser cleft a broad V-groove into the boot of the lovely, otherwise unblemished, glossy red Jaguar. Jaguars of this vintage were well built and solid. It was the car that had stopped the boat careering further down the hill, and it just gracefully slipped off the car boot and landed on its side on the grass verge at the side of the road. It was a public holiday Saturday, and this road was the main route to the East Coast resorts from the Midlands. Why does everything awful happen on a bank holiday? We stood for a few minutes scratching heads. The dentist owner refused to admit that he had tooted his horn. An endless trail of cars crept past on the way to the seaside and gazed in awe at the scene. Then, quite by coincidence, a panda car arrived, complete with the local police constable. Now what have we here? he demanded in the normal way only to be quite happy after seeing the owner of the boat who happened to be his dentist, a prominent local professional man. Just move it, Mac, said the constable, talking to the dentist, the dentist being a Scottish gentleman and this being the generally accepted way of speaking to the Scottish. I'll be back in an hour or so. Make sure it's gone by then he said firmly. Well, there was our challenge. An hour before the shit hits the fan. Necessity develops ingenuity. And I simply stopped all the traffic and commandeered about 20 strong men who were persuaded to take part in this adventure by trying something they were never likely to get the chance to do again. Physically, pick up a cabin cruiser and put it back on its trailer. They did it, and we were well out of the way within the hour of grace. No more mishaps, and duly delivered into the yard behind the owner's house. There we are. I hope you enjoyed that little story. Brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Strange it may seem... All these stories really happened. You can read more stories at keithsandersisthestoryman.wordpress.com Lots more audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. And there are lots of free videos, lots and lots, on Keith Sanders, the short story man on YouTube. They're free to see. Now, there is a shop. 
This is the important bit. All the stories you read and listen to are in book form. We com- compiled together. They're not expensive. They're easy to download online. And have a look at Richard Keith Sanders dot cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Thank you for listening.